Would you turn with me, please, to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And then there's just two readings this morning that I want you to uh, turn to. Luke chapter 9, then we're going to turn over into Acts. The book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. So it's Luke chapter 9, then over into Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And once you get to Luke chapter 9, verse 1, if you would stand to your feet, we're going to read the Word of God together this morning. We do this to honor the Word of God. It's so precious to us, and we believe that we should honor God's Word. So once you're at Luke chapter 9, if you stand to your feet, then we'll all audibly read it together. Remain standing. We'll turn over into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Praise the Lord. I believe we're all there. Amen. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. If you turn over in this, sorry, that's just the two verses. And then Acts chapter 1, if you would this morning, please. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Just this one verse. Acts 1 and verse 8. And Jesus said these words. Let's read it together. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we pray that you would bless your word to our hearts. We ask for your anointing, Lord, to be upon your word, both to preach and to hear it. Lord, we pray that you would break the bread of life and Lord, it would not come just as words, but it would come as a revelation granted unto us by the Holy Spirit that you would breathe on the Word. And Lord, it would become life to us. Oh, Father, we pray that you would undertake for us this morning. Shut us in with yourself. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's take our seats together this morning. Amen. I want to speak on the power and the authority of the believer. The power and the authority of the believer. These words that we have just read this morning in Luke chapter 9 and then Acts chapter 1, I just want to simply state, as you would be well aware, that 2,000 years later that Jesus Christ is still the same Jesus and the Holy Ghost is still the same Holy Ghost and the Word of God is the promise of God. It's still alive. It is quick and it is powerful and this word that we're reading this morning in Luke chapter 9, Acts chapter 1, this word is for the church of the last days. As much as it was necessary for the first church, it is also critical for the last church, the church of the last generation. I do believe that we're living in the last days and quite likely this could be the last generation that would ever walk this earth and the church is at the point of being raptured. We know that in the last days, this particular age <clears throat> in which we are living in will be an age of the Antichrist. He will rise. The spirit of the age will be infiltrated by the Antichrist. And the Bible tells us that there will be a supernatural demonic activity like we have not seen before. We are currently witnessing supernatural demonic activity. It is the spirit of Antichrist. If you turn over to Second Thessalonians and chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, again, you're familiar with these scriptures, but in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7, 
The Bible says there, Paul writing, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now led us will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, this is this, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. There is then a manifestation, a demonstration of satanic power and antichrist spirit that manifests itself with power, with signs and lying wonders. And with all, and this is important in verse 10, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So we see that the purpose of the manifestation of the supernatural uh, from the Antichrist and the powers of darkness is to bring deception to those that perish. They will believe what they are doing is right. It is wholesome. They will believe how they act and the deeds and the laws that they pass. They will believe that they are the ones that are right and are doing good. We are the ones that are evil and are doing wrong. And so we see the manifestation of the spirit of Antichrist and the lying signs and wonders are actually before us. We are living in a world that has been overcome by a spirit of Antichrist. Now in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, John writes and says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. And then he says, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, whether they be false prophets, because many false prophets, sorry, are gone into the world. So we are encouraged then that we are to try or test the spirits that are active in the world, but are also infiltrating the church of Jesus Christ. This week, or just a couple of weeks ago, we've seen the great Methodist movement in Great Britain, that they have endorsed same-sex marriage. How is it possible that a man who birthed that movement under the power of the Holy Ghost, a man called Wesley, who was so mightily used of God, man who preached the gospel up and down this land and across these nations and seen churches planted in their hundreds and in their thousands supernaturally by the power of God, that in our generation, one whole denomination that was birthed in the fire and in the power of Pentecost can so easily endorse the spirit of this age and same-sex marriage. It is because the discernment within the body of Christ has gone. There is no longer a testing and a trying of the spirits that are active in our nation. Brothers and sisters, this is serious because we're starting to see the avalanche that's about to come and sweep over our nations. We must test the spirits and see whether they be of God. In 1 Timothy 4 and 1, the Bible tells us, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I want to tell you that this whole drive, I heard a gentleman from our country, he's a Church of Ireland minister who has recently resigned and said that the church is homophobic. The church of Jesus Christ is not homophobic because such were some of you. We've been born again of the Spirit of God and delivered from the powers of darkness and we've been brought into the kingdom of His own dear Son. We have a message of hope 
A message of deliverance to a world that is lost. But this man said on our local radio, listen carefully, he said these words when he was asked this question, can you see the R in Northern Ireland when the church generally and collectively will endorse same-sex marriage and same-sex couples can walk down the aisles of the church? Listen to what he said. It is blasphemy, but this is what he said. He said, I believe it's going to happen because the Holy Spirit is moving. That's a man. Listen, friends, this morning. That is a man that has been overcome with another spirit. Listen carefully. I mean no ill towards that man, but his conscience has been seared and he's been overcome by the spirit of the age. It's an anti-Christ spirit. And so whether he wears a shirt and tie, whether he wears a collar, whether he is casual in the pulpit, we must preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth of God's Word. In Revelation 16, don't turn to it, but we looked at it some months ago, just to remind us again, that in that age, and I don't believe it's just a line here and a line there, we're in this period, we're in that period, I don't believe it works that way. I believe there's an overlap of many of the things that will happen in the last days. But out of the mouth of the dragon, the dragon is the devil himself, there will be poured out, and also of the beast and the false prophet, there will be poured out the spirit of devils working miracles going forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world. There will be an outpouring of wickedness. Regularly, Nicky and I will sit and say, we cannot believe the change in our generation. We cannot take it in. I don't want to take it in. I don't want to become uh, normalized by what is happening in the spirit of this. It is shocking. The church should be shocked and awakened because we're sliding deeper and deeper and deeper into darkness and sin. And we know the scripture tells us that. But the tragedy of all of this is that the church is sinking with it. That's the tragedy. One of the key objects of the spirit of Antichrist is found in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. And we know we're in this age that we're entering into. It will increase. But in Daniel 7.25, speaking of the Antichrist, the Bible says that he shall speak great words against the Most High. But here's the key. Here's his battle. Here's his real battle with you, saint, this morning. And he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. He's going to attempt in everything of the spirit of the age is to wear the believer out it's to wear you down. It's to make you weary in the battle. It's to cause you to become tired of the fight. Friends, this morning, I sense it. I feel it. I see it. That many saints are being worn out because of the intensity of the battle. But listen to me, friend, this morning. Don't be despairing. Don't turn away. Don't throw the towel in. Jesus Christ is your Savior and He is your victor and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. There's a weariness that's coming on God's people. It's not just, I'm going to show you, it's not just being physically tired. I was so blessed. We were blessed to get a couple of weeks away. We were physically tired. And when we got away, we had a great time of refreshing. We were in swimming and all the rest of it that goes with that. And we were physically revived. 
But this is not the weariness that I'm talking about this morning. And neither is it the weariness that the Bible is talking about. It's good to get a break. It's good to be refreshed physically. But this is a spiritual battle. And this is so important that you understand what this is. The spirit of Antichrist will seek to wear out the saints by a spiritual onslaught on their minds. Listen to me this morning. It's an onslaught here. There's a weariness of the mind. It's not a weariness physically, even though that can happen to us all because we are but dust, our frames. We're perishing. We're getting older. Things get sore and things get out of place. And we know time's moving on. But there is a weariness that comes in your mind. It's a spiritual onslaught because we're living in the spirit of the age of the Antichrist. You sense it. You feel it. It's tangible. It's on the streets. It's in the church. It's everywhere. People are feeling weary in their mind. You feel and sense the battle. Would you say amen if you're with me this morning? Just in case, I don't want anyone feeling I didn't realize other people felt that. There's other saints are feeling what you're feeling. You're not on your own. That's important to know that. And so this intensity comes. Now, 2 Thessalonians, if you're there, or turn back to it. Chapter 2, remember we're dealing with the spirit of the age just as an introduction this morning. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes and says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him that ye be not soon, what does he say? Shaken in mind. Now you remember that, that in Daniel 7 and 25, he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That word there, wear out in the Hebrews, is the only, only place that you'll find it in the Old Testament, but it speaks of affliction or cause to feel but its primary sense is mentally. So you see the battle is going to be a, a mental battle against the powers of darkness. Here Paul says that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, the Antichrist spirit, nor by word, nor by letters from us as the day of Christ is at hand. So we know as we head in to these final days, the intensity I'm here to tell you it's going to increase, not decrease. You need to know this. It's going to increase. It's not going to decrease. The days of saying nice words and tickling your ear and telling you everything's wonderful. Friends, we need to tell you the truth. But we need to know that in the midst of this, that God has given the believer a power and authority to overcome, even in the midst of this. So we see we're not to be soon shaken in our mind. Now, in, in the New Testament, every time you read the word mind, the English word mind, there is actually several different Greek words for the one English word, but they all mean different things. So sometimes you'll maybe not get the context of what Paul or one of the writers are saying, but this particular place, the mind, denotes specifically, I don't want to go through the study of it this morning, but this one mind here that we're speaking of, this mental area of the believer, this is what Strong says, it denotes speaking generally the seat of reflection and consciousness comprising the faculties of perception and understanding. I want you to really get this this morning. And those of feeling, judging, and determining. 
So when he's saying, I don't want you to be shaken in your mind, he's specifically talking about that place, that mental place of perception and understanding, of revelation. This is what is so important. You see, it's not just that we preach a message, what's important, or study the Word. What's important is that there's a revelation of the Word that we're studying. That only happens by the power of the Holy Ghost. How many people have been in a place, you've read a scripture, you've read a chapter, you've read it maybe many times, but one day when you read it, that verse comes alive. What is that? That's the revelation by the power of the Holy Ghost bringing that word in, because it's a living word, into your understanding and illuminating your spiritual man to the truth of God's word. And you've maybe read it a hundred times, but this day it comes alive. Now this shaking in the mind is in the place of revelation. I want you to hear this carefully. You'll remember when those two disciples on the road to Emmaus and Christ was with them, they couldn't see him, they couldn't understand. And then it tells us that he broke the bread and it says, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. This is the place of revelation. This is the place when the Spirit of God will bring a word to your heart and it illuminates your understanding and you understand what God is saying. You see the life that's in God's Word. It speaks to you. It brings revelation to your heart. Someone can read the Bible. Someone can read it. They'll read it this morning in dead churches all across this land. They'll read it. They'll repeat it. They'll do what they do in all the organized religion. It will mean nothing. They will come in and they'll go out. But if the Holy Ghost breathed upon the living Word, opens an understanding of a man or a woman by the power of the Spirit of God and illuminates their understanding, everything of this Word becomes alive. That's the difference what's happening. So when the Bible's talking about a shaking in your mind, it's to take away your perception and your understanding and the revelation of the day that we're living in. So people often say to me, but how can they not see it? It's because the spirit of the age have overtaken their understanding. They've fallen into intellectualism. They've fallen into the fear of man. They've fallen into their own ways or their own tradition. So they follow that, but the ways of man are death. But when God breathes and brings the revelation, it's life. That's the difference. So the enemy's battle is against your perception and your revelation of Jesus Christ through the Word of God. You know that the day we're in, you see, I believe very simply, how did it happen for those Methodists in, in Great Britain? I'm thankful that the ones here have said no, but how did that happen? Their understanding has been overtaken. The place of revelation has been darkened. That's the only way a man can say this is right when we know according to the Scripture it's wrong. It's sin. It's not even right and wrong. It's sinful before God. That's what it is. So when we read this morning that He called His twelve disciples together and He says these words, He gave them power and authority over... What does it say? What's the word? All devils. What we know is we're heading into this age and the time that we've come to. Now Christ has given his church the authority over all devils and all powers and over all diseases. 
That's a revelation. I know already that some in their theological, intellectual way are trying to commute this to 2021 or by tradition of church. But all I ask you this morning, brother and sister, is allow, there's a wind blowing on me and I'm so thankful for it, but I pray that there is the wind of the Holy Ghost that breathes on the Word and brings the revelation to your understanding. We know that the power does not rest with us. The power is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself holds all might and all power because he's God. In Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus said, All power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In 1 Peter 3 and 22, it tells us there that he's gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels, authorities, and powers are subject to Jesus. In Hebrews 2 and 8, it says that he has put all things in subjection and under his feet. He is above all principality, all power, and all might and dominion, and every name that is named. Thank God for those songs this morning, not only in this world, but in the world to come. And in Acts chapter 10 and 36, it says, He is Lord of all. Would you say amen this morning? He, that's Jesus Christ, is Lord of all. We can proclaim it from the rooftops this morning. Jesus is over all. Our power comes from Him. He said, I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And He has the keys of hell and death. Praise the Lord. Now we pray this morning. And I prayed, oh God, may this not be just more intellectualism being added to our, our little bank, our little brain. But may this come as a revelation in the mind by the Spirit of God that it would quicken our hearts. Jesus said, ye shall receive what? Power. Would you say it with me? Ye shall receive power. Jesus said these words. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know, we need saints. We need the Holy Ghost. We need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the risen Christ. In this day in which we're living in, we need the Holy Ghost. He said, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now for us to stand in this age when there is so much manifestation of power, you know what is happening isn't just happening by the strength of man or the, uh, or the organization and the political means of governments. This is actually inspired by the spirit of Antichrist. It's supernatural. It's, it's, it's actually it's when you look at it and you might see, well, they're doing that, they're saying this, and they're making these laws. That's actually a supernatural sign. That is the spirit of Antichrist. That is what's happening. This just doesn't happen because a few people got together and said, this would be a good idea. It's being inspired by hell itself. You understand that this morning. When you see this, that's why all our political efforts, even though I believe it's right for men to stand and make an argument for, for the Lord and conviction, but ultimately this is a spiritual battle and it's inspired by satanic powers. So how will we stand when we see the manifestation 
particularly from the realm of the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, and the church of Jesus Christ must know her power and authority that she has in the last days. You must know this, and I must know this. Now in the Old Testament, before I get there, but you know we have allowed, and I want to say this is important, we have allowed in the church intellectualism and tradition and that has reduced the church to simply a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. We have just allowed it to be intellectualism and tradition, but Jesus never intended it just to be intellectualism or even good tradition. It was by the power of the Holy Ghost. Friends, that's why he took fishermen and turned the world upside down. They were fishermen. They were ignorant and unlearned, but they were men filled with the Holy Ghost. And we might emphasize, and I believe it's right, Bible schools and teachings and studies and so forth. That's good. Study to show yourself approved. But more than anything else, what we need, we've got the balance wrong. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. This comes by a revelation by the Spirit of God into the understanding and into the heart and a heart of faith and obedience to God's Word. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the power of God. And we can set aside shell this morning our tradition and our intellectualism. I'm not saying not to try the spirits or discern the spirits. That's important. But we can try this morning to pull away so much of the stuff that we've created that hinders the power of the Holy Spirit, that hinders the flowing of the life of God. God help us that that revelation comes because we are only going to be able to stand in the power of the Spirit of God. No other way. No other way. Friends, every other way we are going to be bankrupt but by the power of the Spirit of God. Now in the Old Testament, the authority and the power of God was symbolized particularly with Moses in the Old Testament by the rod of God, the authority that he gave Moses. If you turn back with me, if you could, I'm coming to a close in a few moments because I want the Spirit of God to minister to our hearts. But in Exodus chapter 4, we know the story so well that Moses is standing before the Lord and Moses said, But behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. Who are you? Basically, who are you? It's God who told you you could tell us and this is all that goes on today. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, I have a rod. That's all he had. He's standing before the Lord. And the Lord said that was the means or the symbolism of which God would give him the authority, grant him the power and authority to go in to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was a type of the devil that, that, that Moses could go in with that authority and power that God had given him in order that he could stand before Pharaoh. And we're going to stand before the Antichrist and the powers of darkness and kings and, and wicked rulers in this day. We need to stand in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. No other way. And I believe, I know many people doubt this. I know they do. They doubt this is going to happen in Northern Ireland. But I believe very shortly that there will be many preachers that will be standing before magistrates and authorities that will have to give an account of the Christ that they love dearly. And they will pay a price. We will pay a price for being a Christian. But God will stand with us. And we cannot stand on an intellectual argument, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
That is the only way we'll stand. May God give us the grace. So Moses, it tells us in verse 20 in Exodus chapter 4, that Moses took his wife, his sons, set them on an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And what does it say? And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. You know, we can pack up a lot of things to go, but if we go without the rod, it's a waste of time. You understand what I'm saying? We can pack up everything else and get it all right, but we need the authority of God. We need the rod of God. So we see here in the Exodus chapter 7, there's some debate, of course, in case somebody asked me, is the rod of Moses the same rod that Aaron had? I'll let you answer that. I believe it is the same rod. But in Exodus chapter 7, we find them standing in Pharaoh's court. It's a profound moment because there's a manifestation of the demonic, but there has to be a manifestation of the real, of Jesus Christ. You know, most churches, most churches believe that there'll be a demonstration, a supernatural demonstration of demonic powers. I, for the life of me, I still can't work out why they don't believe that the church will manifest the glorious power of Jesus Christ. I still can't work that one out, but someone might help me someday to work it. I don't think I'll ever get it. I'm too simple to understand it. I just believe when there's a manifestation of the fake, that there is a reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of God. And so we see here that they're standing in Pharaoh's court. And Pharaoh shall speak to you, verse 9, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then I shall say on the iron, Iron, take your rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And then we know there's a manifestation of all the other rods that are cast on the floor. Exodus 7 and 12, they cast down every man his rod. They became serpents. But praise the Lord, it says here, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. That means this morning there's one greater than all the powers of darkness. That's simply what it is. Yes, there's a manifestation of the power of Satan. There is the Antichrist. You'll hear me preaching about it so often. It's not to bore you with messages on the Antichrist is to make you ready, is to show you what's happening. But always remember that there's a power that's greater than all the power of the Antichrist, and that's the power, the resurrection of life. His name is Jesus. Did you say amen this morning? He's above all powers. This rod subsequently became the instrument used to demonstrate the authority and the manifestation of the power and the authority of God that was with Moses and Aaron and the children of Israel. You remember at the Red Sea? It was impossible. Anybody facing something impossible? Anybody? Just one person's facing two people, three people. My goodness, we really need faith this morning. I believe we're all should have our hands up. We're living in impossible days, but there's a God that makes things possible. They stood at the Red Sea and they lifted up the rod and the sea opened by the authority and the power of Almighty God, and they marched through on dry ground. That was the authority that God had given to Moses. You remember the great battle with Amalek. Anyone in an intense spiritual battle this morning? Real powers of darkness, a real battle in the mind, a real intensity of this hour. Well, praise the Lord. There's victory this morning in the midst of the battle. You remember they got Moses, and Joshua chose out those men to fight with Amalek. And Moses stood on top of the hill with the rod of God in his hand. That was the authority that he's given us the victory. Praise the Lord over all the powers of darkness. We will have battles. We will have storms. But thanks be to God that gives us the victory. You will have troubles. 
You will have tribulation. Sorry if you're here thinking it's all going to be a bed of roses and everything's wonderful. We're in the fight of our lives, but it's the good fight. And Christ has given us the victory. He is the great victor. Now the context that I want to take you to to close this morning, I believe this is really where we are in the age that we've come to. The context in Numbers chapter 16 is an age of rebellion. Many people know that we're living in an age of rebellion. There's rebellion in the world. There's rebellion in the church. There's rebellion everywhere. It's nearly like the mark of the age we've come to. Utter out rebellion. The spirit of lawlessness that, that Sue mentioned this morning that swept across South Africa. We've seen it sweep across all across the United States of America. The looting. The, the, the ransack, and we've seen it here on our streets. We see it everywhere. We're going to see this more often. That is the spirit of the age. It's the spirit of lawlessness. It's rebellion. And here in Numbers chapter 16, this is following a great rebellion in Israel. We see that in that chapter, uh, eventually Aaron runs in. He gets the, the coals of the altar. He runs into the midst of the people. Remember that that verse where he says he stood between the living and the dead and the smoke ascended into the nostrils of the Lord and, and God intervened. There was a sense of intercession calling on God for mercy as he stood between the living and the dead. But straight after that, and that's the context, Numbers chapter 17, if you turn over to it, verse 2, here we find that Israel are in a place of rebellion and so the Lord speaks, and he said, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, all of their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod, and thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers, and thou shalt lay them upon the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony." Where I will meet you, and it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. So just very quickly, we see here that God is about to perform, as it were, a demonstration to Israel in the rebellion. He says, I want you to take these twelve rods, one from each of the families. And on the rod, I want you to write your name. And so they go through. They get ahead from each of the families. And one of those rods was going to be Aaron's rod. The rod that was used so mightily by God. God says, and I want after you put all the names on the rod. Write the name on the rod. But I want you to bring it into my presence. And bring it into my tabernacle before me. And you lay out those rods before me. Put your name on each of the rods. And on the morning, I'll come. And I'll demonstrate to you the rod that I have chosen that will blossom. It's actually powerful when you think about how God acts, how he moves. Each rod, remember a rod speaks of authority. So each rod had an authority. Every rod that was placed there had a power and authority. It was the, it was the representation of the head of that family, of that tribe. So it had an authority in itself to be there. And they had to write their name on the rod. I want to tell you, friends, there are many powers and authorities. There are many rods today that are being presented to us. And they have names on them. I want you to think about this this morning. Just the Lord quicken 
uh, this to my heart. You know, there's rods that have an authority. And we, we face those rods. We, we stand beside those rods. Those rods have a very particular... Because there's an authority with those rods. I want to tell you one of the rods. There's a rod with fear on it. And it has a power and it has an authority. And it's so effective in the age in which we're living in. And we already see that the fear is beginning to rise again in our nation. It has a power and it has an authority over so many lives. But friends, I want to tell you, I refuse to live under fear. I refuse to live under that. Whatever man may say and whatever they may do, I will not live under fear. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. But it's effective. It's very effective. Perhaps this morning, if you were going to write a name on the rod that has an authority or seems to have a power against your life, what would you write? What is it that has been tormenting you? What is it? What authority has been plaguing you in your life? It has an effect. It has a power. Perhaps someone might write, I battle with depression. Someone might write this morning, anxiety. Someone might write upon that rod, intimidation. Someone might write upon that rod this morning, a disease or a cancer. Someone might write, I'm tormented in my mind. Someone might write this morning, I've been hurt so deeply, but I've battled with this hurt for years. Someone might write this morning upon that rod and a particular area of your life that nobody else knows, an addiction. Nobody else in this room knows. Nobody in your family knows. Your wife may not know. Your husband may not know. But there's a rod that has an authority in your life and a power and you battle with it because it's effective against you. Perhaps we could say in a general sense this morning there's the spirit of Antichrist. There's the powers of hell. We could write this morning, the devil himself on the rock, because he has a power and he has an authority. It's been given to him by God. Perhaps this morning we could look at the militant LGBT and say, it's coming for the church. And we could write that authority on that rod. But what I want to say this morning is, write whatever you want to write on that rod, but bring that rod into the presence of God. Bring it this morning to the foot of the cross. Bring it this morning into the presence of the Almighty God. And lay that rod down in the presence of God. Lay it before the throne of grace. Tells us in verse 8 that on it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloom blossoms and yielded almonds. That God had chosen a rod out of the twelve that would burst forth with life and with fruit. That was his authority over all other authorities and powers. Friends, this morning the almond speaks of an awakening. An awakening, that's what it speaks of. The almond as it burst forth speaks of a revelation of it come to your heart. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to live in intimidation. I'm not going to be living with this addiction anymore. I'm going to walk free in Jesus. 
There's an authority above the authority and the power that's against your life. And that authority is Jesus Christ. This rod that was chosen by God, the psalmist says in Psalm 110 and verse 1, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Even in the midst of your enemies, he prepares a table for you. Praise the Lord this morning. He's above all powers and all authorities. Thank God he's above all cancer. Thank God he's above all fear and intimidation. Thank God he's above all thrones and all kingdoms. Thank God this morning there's one up in the glory and his name is Jesus. Thank God we don't have to live in fear and intimidation of what men are going to do to us. Thank God we have the life within us this morning and it's awakened by the power of the Holy Ghost. This rod is Christ, of course. He is the one that bursts forth and brings life. You know, Jesus said, when those disciples went out, I've heard this preached so many different ways. So often it's preached in a way that we should not seek to be filled with the Holy Ghost and have the power of God. That's how it's preached. Jesus said, of course, the disciples were rejoicing that they said that, that the spirits were subject to them. And Jesus said, listen, I beheld Satan fall as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus, the eternal Son, was there that day before there was an earth, before there was a universe. Jesus, the eternal Son, seen him fall as lightning. That archangel, Lucifer, with a third of the heavenly host, rebelling against God. And Jesus said, the eternal Son is wonderful this morning, friends. He's wonderful. I've seen him fall as lightning. Behold, he said, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then he said, and this is where so often people preach from, I don't rejoice that, you're, that the spirits are subject to you, just rejoice that your name's written. I want to tell you something, I rejoice my name's written in heaven. I mean, I'm delighted this morning that my name's up in the glory this morning. It's written in the law. Are you happy that you're saved? Are you happy that your name's in heaven? But listen, this is the truth of it. We're not rejoicing that the spirits are subject to us. But I want to tell you, they are. Listen to me. They are. That rod, that authority that's been coming against you, whatever that name is, I want to tell you something. It's subject to you. You're not subject to it. Are you hearing me this morning? It is subject to you. So long, so often we're living under the power and authority of that, that rod or whatever that may be in our lives and we're living in a place. What does the Bible say? He whom the Son sets free, what is he? He's free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, what is there? There's liberty, there's victory, there's deliverance, there's healing. Friends, this morning, he's saying, don't rejoice in those things. Rejoice that your name's written in heaven. But they are subject to us because we're seated with him in heavenly places and everything is under his feet. This morning, it does not come. Listen, friends, we are moving into an age. It will not come by increasing our intellect capacity. You know, you get it the other day. I was with Luke. I haven't a clue. 
But I was with Luke and they were saying his new phone and, and uh, a new whatever it was, SIM or something. And, uh, and the wee guy was brilliant and all. Would you like 4 gig, 20 gig, 60 gig, 80 gig, 120 gig, 250 gig? I don't know. I haven't a clue what that is. But this though, as you go up, it's more. And it costs more, that's all I know. Want to tell you something, friends? We're not trying to increase our intellectual capacity. We need to empty ourselves and these vessels of everything of what we are. But may we be filled with an eternal power this morning that everything is subject to. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to keep increasing our knowledge more, more, more. And how do we can then debate with this, that, and the other? Friends, I want to tell you, I've had it with people debating. I may not, I really don't have it all sorted out in the end times. I can tell you that for a fact. Some things I believe to be true, but I don't have it all sorted. But what I do know is if I want to live this generation out, and if God spurs us, and God gives us the grace to live it, we must live it in the power of the Holy Ghost. We must live it in the power of the Holy Ghost. So there's authorities and powers that have come against you. Serious powers and authorities that have come against you. Fear, intimidation, sickness. Things that are maybe not even known to some of us in this room. Things that have been tormenting your soul and your life. Do you know what I want to tell you? Would you take up that rod this morning and get that name written on it? And I want you to do something this morning. I want you to come as a demonstration of your humility, but your boldness in Christ. I want you to come to the front of this church this morning and I want you to throw that rod down. And I want you to say this morning, Lord, I'm looking to this rod. That's Jesus Christ. He's the power and authority over all powers. Don't live under that authority or power any longer. Give it to God. And we'll pray this morning that God would fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Kim, the devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. He's a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. And he's a liar today. Jesus Christ is truth. And you get that rod this morning. I don't know what name you want to write on it. But whatever that name is, you know what it is. You take that rod this morning in a symbolic sense. You can come to the front of this church today. Not You're not coming to me, but you're coming to cast it at the throne of grace. And you're saying, Lord, I'm laying this rod down, but I'm going to take another rod up. That's the authority and the power that you've given me. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Christ has given us the victory this morning. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord. You come this morning. You come. You lay that rod down at the front of this building. Whatever it is. But you lay it at the feet of Christ. We're going to pray for you that the Lord would undertake. Praise the Lord.